It's my absolute uh, honour to be able to bring the word today. And um, yeah, I'm just going to pray first. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are here, God, in our midst. Lord, we are gathered around your word as your family, as sons and daughters of our Father God. And we just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here and you are in our midst. And we pray now that you would open up our hearts and our minds to hear what you would have to say to us. Holy Spirit, would you speak to each of us individually, Lord, through your word? Would you speak to me? Would you help me to present this word, God? Because I can't do it in my strength, God. We can only do it in yours. So we pray that you would be here. You would be in our midst. You would be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. So the title of this sermon, if you will, is called This Is My Desire. And we will, you might wonder why it's called that when I start because it might not make sense right away. But just stick with me and you will, <laughs> you will understand. So as Dave mentioned, uh, some of us, well, all of us as a church are participating in these 21 days of prayer and focus for the, the, the missions projects that we are a part of. And we've got even more new and exciting ones coming up that we can't wait to tell you about. But the ones we've been supporting and are continuing to support, there's 21 of those. And this has been a time, I think we've got now, is it 15 days left? Is this, I can't, I'm terrible with math, 16 or 15 days to go. But we've, we have been focusing our hearts in unity and praying for these nations. And I know some of us are fasting as well. And so I just want to touch on the fasting aspect. It's not a topic we speak about a lot at church. It's not something I'm very good at personally, but it's, it's wonderful to get around the word and to see what the Bible teaches us about this, this act, this act of worship. So let's have a look. I'm not good with this tablet, Dave. Okay, there it is. I can, I can turn it. So we all know like... In today's day and age, we hear about fasting a lot, not in the godly sense. There's a lot of different trendy fasts going around, diets, resetting the gut, you know, elimination diet, intermittent fasting, vegan, keto, the two polar opposites. Apparently both are good for you. I I can't figure out which one would work for me. But there's so many different forms of fasting and people do it because they believe it benefits their body and it's probably true. Uh, but it doesn't benefit their soul in any way. And biblical fasting is very different. And so I just want to very briefly, before I move on to the rest of the word, I want to talk about four categories. And I'm sure there are more than four, but I just want to focus on four categories that we see in the Bible uh, for reasons for fasting. The first one is fasting for repentance. In Joel chapter 2, verse 12, It says, yet even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and with mourning and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. So fasting as a sign of repentance, you know, it's I'm not saying that every time we do something wrong, we need to fast, but that's where we, we see an example of that when people's hearts are, God, you know, I, I know for me, in, in just a personal example, if I've done something to upset somebody who I love, I don't feel much like celebrating and eating and, you know, I, I, you lose your appetite and it's like, oh, I just, I just want to make this right before I, I move on. And so we don't need to fast to be forgiven Jesus came on the cross and he took all of that away, praise God. But it is an act of 
Sometimes people will do this as a way of worship and repentance unto God. The second uh, reason we see is for mourning, in times of mourning. We see in the Old Testament, Nehemiah, he expressed his grief and mourned over the Jews and Jerusalem with fasting and with prayer. Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 4 says, As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, and I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. So I'm not saying these may be relevant to your life right now, or they may not be, but I'm just trying to set up a bit of a a scaffold of different reasons where we see and why we see fasting. Uh, The third one, this is a big one, is fasting for God's deliverance. And I'm sure that we have had times in our lives where we need a miracle or we really need, God, we, we, are, we need to step out in faith here and we are asking with all of our heart. And fasting doesn't change God's mind, and I'm going to get to that in a minute, but it definitely increases your faith and it definitely brings you closer to God in those moments. So fasting for, for God's deliverance. In the Gospel of Matthew, we see the example where the disciples were sent out and they were praying for the sick and doing deliverance for people and they couldn't help this young boy. And I'm just going to read from chapter 17, verse 17. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Bring him here to me. It just sort of reminds me, don't we see that as parents? Oh, Mom, I can't do my shoelaces. Oh, bring it here. Bring it here. I'll fix it. As Jesus had to say to his disciples, bring him here. Bring him over here. Praise God. Uh, Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And you know, I know there's a few people in my life where they've been facing real hardships, real hardships, or they know they're about to come up against something really, really big. And they will go into a time of prayer and fasting. It's that extra, God, I'm, I'm laying it all down and I need you in every part of me. Please help me. So fasting for deliverance. And then the fourth one, very quickly, and I think this one would be very relevant to most of us, uh, is fasting to draw closer to God and for his guidance and help. So we see lots of examples of this throughout the Bible. First of all, we see the example of our Saviour, Jesus. Before he started his ministry, he went and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. We also see uh, Paul and Barnabas, this is way past then, praying and fasting when they were ordaining elders in the church. They needed to make some tough decisions they need to make big decisions. And so they prayed and they fasted. Chapter, uh, Acts chapter 14, 23 says, So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So there's those four. Repentance, mourning, deliverance, and drawing close to God and getting his help in these moments. We also see two different kinds of fasting throughout the Bible. Uh, and I, I remember I shared this last year when we were going through this, that I never quite understood the, the whole corporate fast. I was always a little ticked off <laughs> whenever it got announced because I was like, 
I don't want to fast. But, and where is that in the Bible? And I had to do a little bit of uh, research into that for myself. And I so encourage you, if there's something that you don't agree with or doesn't sit right with you, you know, we are here, Pastor Dave, myself, Sid and Sue, we are here to help you, of course, if you need help and you have questions. But look into the Bible for yourself. Each of you has the Holy Spirit. Each of you has the Word of God. And let him reveal himself through, through his Word. So there's two different kinds of fasting. We see many examples of personal fasting, one-on-one before the Lord. And we also see lots of examples of group fasting. The Jews fasted many times together. Um, But let me go to the personal one first. I'm getting ahead of myself. So personal fasting. Moses. Moses fasted for 40 days and 40 nights on Mount Sinai with the Lord. I think when you're in God's presence, I don't know if you would need to eat much because you'd be pretty blown away. It says his face was like white. But as God gave him those 10 commandments and spoke the truth of his word that resonates today, still here today, he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Also, Jesus, and I'm not, by the way, I don't think anyone here should fast for 40 days and 40 nights. I'm certainly not doing that. But Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights as he prepared for his ministry. And in that time, the devil came and tempted him, tempted him with so many different temptations. He went through that temptation because he knew we would go through temptation. And him being fully God and fully man was able to endure that situation But isn't it interesting that he was in a a place of prayer and fasting and he had the strength to do that? Okay, so quickly, the corporate fasting. As I said, we've got the the Day of Atonement and different examples where the Jews would fast all together. God would call them to fast together. We also see Esther telling her people, we all got to fast. Like there's an enemy out to get us. I'm calling everybody to fast. Let's be in unity and let's fast and pray together because we know that where there is unity, God commands a blessing. That's, that's how it's always been from the Garden of Eden to today. When two are gathered in his name and his, his midst, he commands the blessing. So biblical fasting. In the original languages, fasting simply means to shut Refrain or abstain? So how should we fast in our day and age? Because we are living in a different context. We are living in a different time. We have food readily available to us. I was reading uh, just a few different opinions and, you know, backgrounds and somebody pointed out how very different our context of fasting is because back in the Bible days, they were living... And I guess even in other countries, I would say today, people live hand to mouth. They don't have 7-Eleven down the road with, it's gone up to $2 coffee, you know, available for them at at the drop of a hat or they can't just get their microwave meal and put it in. The food is so precious. It's so precious. It's eat and live or don't eat and die because, and that's how it was back. They had to work hard for their food. They grew their food and if they didn't grow it, they traded something else that was precious to get it. They, food was so important to them. So fasting was like, God, I am laying everything at your feet. In today's day and age, we can fast and, and absolutely mean it and it will be very beneficial, but we know food's a second away. Food is like, literally, I can get it. I can call Uber. I've got Uber, I've got DoorDash. What else do I have? I've got too many things available to me, right? So it's a little bit different. So how do we, in our day and age, fast? Well, the truth is, 
that is completely and entirely up to you. Totally up to you. Nobody can tell you what to fast or how to fast. And nobody can tell you to fast. That is totally between you and God. Jesus is very clear when he speaks about fasting. He says not to do it with the wrong motives. In the, in the New Testament, we see the three greatest religious practices of that time was prayer, giving and fasting. Those were the three things that the Jews did. And Jesus had advice for all three of those and it was all the same advice <laughs> for the three. Don't do it to show off. Don't do it for the wrong motive. Do do it in secret. Do do it before the Lord with prayer, giving and fasting. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16, this is Jesus saying, Moreover, when you do fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head. That was big in their days. Anointing your head was, you're ready for the day. You, you look good. You look normal. You look healthy. Anoint your head. Wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. The other really important thing to point out here is that Jesus, our Lord Jesus, nor anyone in the New Testament ever commands us to fast. Fasting is not a command. Fasting is an opt-in if you choose to as an act of worship, he, Jesus tells us how we should fast. He doesn't tell us we have to fast because that is where your free choice and your free will comes in. And that's what worship is, isn't it? So fasting must only come from our heart to God's heart, from my heart to God, your heart to God. And I would say, especially in a corporate fast, we have to be so careful not to be comparing ourselves to anybody else, not to be thinking, oh, I'm not doing enough or, or he's not doing enough. Or, <laughs> yeah, it's none of our business. It's, it's corporate in our agreement and in our unity and yet it's so individual and so private and so secret at the same time. We can have both at the same time. I have made the mistake a couple times of feeling very pressured to be part of a fast and I've, I've been part of it, but the truth was I probably shouldn't have been because my heart wasn't in the right place. The whole time I'm just thinking about that pepperoni pizza I'm going to have at the end of the week. Like my thoughts are not on God. My thoughts are not on the things we're meant to be praying for. My thoughts are on everything I wish I was having because I wasn't in the right place. And maybe that points out my own weakness in my flesh and things I need to bring before the Lord, but that's between me and God to work out. So it, in a corporate fast especially and in an individual fast, do it with the right heart before God. It's like giving. Give cheerfully, not out of obligation, not because somebody told you to do it, because God put it on your heart and out of your love for him, you want to do it. That's the same with fasting. So don't fast to please others. Don't fast out of obligation or guilt. Don't fast if it's not the right season or the right timing in your life. Don't fast to look good in front of others. Don't fast because you think you'll change God's mind about something. We don't change God's mind. Fasting doesn't do anything to change God. He's unchanging. But it will certainly change you before God. Don't go on a hunger strike because you think you're going to protest. 
God's will or God's decision because his will is perfect and we don't want it to change and we never could change it anyway, even if we tried. But know that he knows you and he sees you and he knows what's best for you. Do fast to draw close to God. Do fast to surrender your own selfish desires before the Lord and put your flesh down. Do fast to strengthen your spirit over the flesh. Do fast to turn down the volume of all the loud and distracting things that fill up our life and to turn up the volume to hear God's word clearer. Do fast to remind yourself for your need of God. When we fast, we feel weak. We might, if if it's a lack of food, we feel hunger. If it's a lack of all the creature comforts we're, we're used to, we miss them. We feel that, oh, longing, you know. But it reminds us of our longing for him. It reminds us of our hunger for him. And do fast to surrender your will into his will. So, if you do decide to fast, uh, because we've still got 15 days to go, what are some ways that we can fast? We always, just a little health thing here, recommend that you don't do anything that's not good for your body. And if you have, if you wanted to fast something physically and you're unsure, it's always good to talk to a doctor first. But we definitely are not recommending the 40-day fast. <laughs> but here are some ideas to help. Fasting a meal. Fasting at a certain time of the day. Fasting a certain type of food. The Daniel fast is a very popular one uh, among Christians. A very difficult one too, but it's good. And you can look up the story of Daniel and read all about that. That's very good. Giving up entertainment and social media, TV, all that sort of stuff. Restricting... I'm not saying to do all of these things, by the way. (laughs) It's one at a time. (laughs) Restricting our intake of other influences, turning down the volume and only listening to Christian music, Christian podcasts or sermon, things that are going to edify you and build you in that time. Whatever you do or don't give up is completely up to you and completely between you and God. Don't do anything out of condemnation. Only do it because you love the Lord and you want to. So, oh, what I wanted to say was, I'm not, I'm not sharing what I do or don't do, but this does help me and I just want to say it in case it could help somebody else. I'm really bad at thinking at 21 days at a time, personally. I just struggle with that sort of mindset. But I'm better at the one day at a time sort of thing. So sometimes it's, Lord, what would you want me to do today? One day might look different from the next. God, what do you want me to give up today? Or maybe I can't be giving this up today because I've got to be doing this. And you put, Bring it before the Lord. God, every day, when you're praying for the nations, God, is there something you would want me to give up today? What could I give up for you to hear you more and to draw closer to you? Okay, but the most important thing that I want to encourage us is that we all pray. If we can all be in agreement and we can all be in unity, please, if you can, access that devotional. It's going to, it gets, when I read it, it gets my mind off myself, it gets my mind off my daily things and it puts my mind on others and it puts my mind outward focused and we pray and I've been doing it with the kids, there's a kids devotional as well, it's so good and we sit down and we talk about the needs and and we talk about the missionaries we're supporting. So please access that devotional and please pray with us every day. Okay, 
I want to encourage us now to take this time as well, the next 15 days, to draw close to God. Whether you're fasting or not fasting, take this time to draw close to God. We're at the beginning of the year. I can't believe how fast it's going. I can't believe we've already got kids' church back on and schools back on and we're right back into it. I feel like we had the Christmas trees up two weeks ago, but it's here we are. But it's still the beginning of the year and let's take these next 15 days and say, God, prepare me for the rest of this year. Let me draw close to you. I want to share something that I noticed the other day. So... This is my Bible. This is my current Bible. And I believe I bought this Bible literally the week before the first lockdown. I remember because we were at Kurong. Was that right? I'm getting confused maybe, but it was somewhere around then. So I've had it for a few years. Love it. Try to read it every day. That's my Bible. But the other day, I went to find my Bible. And yes, I had a big mess in my room. I hadn't put laundry away and all those things. I couldn't find it anywhere. I'm looking, looking under the piles, looking under the bed. I can't find my Bible. And I I wanted to read my Bible. So I went onto the bookshelf and I found this Bible. This is my old Bible. And I don't know if you can see it, but it's falling apart. Like every time I pick it up, little bits flake off. Like it's very fragile and it's had a lot of life. But I sat down and I can't believe how tiny the writing is. my goodness me, I think I need to get my eyes checked. I don't, you don't notice that your eyes change, but they do. Um, and I read from my old Bible. But I just realised the difference between like this Bible and this Bible. And I had this one for, I used this one for probably about the same amount of time as I used that one. I like to change my versions every three, three years or so and you change it up and get another one. But this one is so worn. And I'm like, why? Why is this? I was remembering, why is my Bible so worn out? And I can tell you that this was when I was pregnant with Joseph and we received some news in that pregnancy that wasn't good. And we were facing a big giant and it was a very terrifying time. And the hospitals and the doctors were saying things we didn't want to hear and yeah, it was, a ter- it was a very hard time. And so I took this Bible and I became desperate before the Lord. And this Bible came everywhere with me. Every appointment, in my handbag, at home, I slept with it. I would open it up to Psalm 91 and sleep with it over Joseph in the womb and just cover him in the Word of God. Like every night it's, I slept with my Bible. This thing was close to me. I didn't want to be anywhere without it. That's, this is why this Bible is so worn. And then I was like, hang on. I had another Bible between this Bible and this Bible. Where is that Bible? And I remembered, I don't even have that Bible anymore because it fell apart. It actually fell to pieces. And I, I got to the point I felt so bad, but I couldn't. I kept one page out of it and framed it. But I had to get rid of the Bible because it was in shatters. It, because, again... A few years down the track, I went through another season, a really hard season, where that Bible, I clung to it like the horn, like, God, I cannot leave. If I let this go, I'm gone. Like, I need your word day and night, not just in the morning, not just once in the morning and then, you know, get on. Like, I need it throughout the day. I'm memorising it. I'm saying it. I'm carrying it with me. It's, it's literally 
you know, kids take their comfort blanket. I've got to take it with me everywhere I go to the grocery store. doesn't matter where. I need my Bible with me. I was so desperate for the Word of God that it fell apart. And I'm not saying this to say that I'm so holy because look at my Bible. It's perfect. It's clean. And the truth is, and I'm sorry if I get emotional, but I got convicted because I'm like, God, do I only crave you? And am I, am I only desperate for you in the hard times? Am I only desperate? Do I only draw close to you when things are all going bad and I need you? Help me, God, to have the same desperation when I'm facing a giant. Help me to have the same desperation on the mountaintops for your word. Give me a love for your presence. Give me a love and a desire for your words and your commands. God, give me that desperation. Make make you my number one desire because sometimes he's not. And that's just the truth. Sometimes he's not my number one desire. This world gets busy. I'm busy. I'm a busy mum and life gets distracting and things happen and I don't mean it to happen, but it happens. And I realise, what's the difference here? Why? Why am I running to him when everything's wrong? And not clinging to him when everything's right. God, I don't want a hard situation to humble me. I want to be humble before you every day. That's my desire. And I'm not there yet. I'm being honest. I'm not. But I'm trying. I want to be. That is my heart's desire. And I want to encourage you guys over the next 15 days, fervently draw close to God. Don't wait for the hard times to need him. Need him now. Need him every single moment. So we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to read from Psalm 27 because that's one of my favourite psalms in the Bible and I feel like it represents how I want to be before the Lord all the time. Every day I want to be like this before you, God. This is my heart. And then we're going to, Dave's going to come up. And we're going to sing that really old song. We're just going to ask you to stay seated. If you feel comfortable, close your eyes. We just want to minister this song, This Is My Desire. And I would love for you, just like me, (laughs) to examine your own heart and say, God, are you my desire? Are you my number one desire? Do I want you more than anything? Do I love you more than anyone? And if you're not, then God, help me to put you back in that place put you back on your throne where you are in my life because we can't do it without him. And then Dave will will take it after that. So I'm just going to read from Psalm 27. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, in the good days, in the bad days, all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble, He shall hide me in His pavilion. In the secret place of His tabernacle, He shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. 
Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in His tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord in those good moments, not just in the bad. Lord, I will sing praises to You. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord.